Hi friends, welcome to the Partnership Podcast, exploring gospel partnership and generosity in the Bible, alongside stories of support raising from around our fellowship. We pray you'll be encouraged by it. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Partnership Podcast, where in this season, Helen and I are exploring the Psalms and particularly thinking about how they apply to new staff beginning support raising with us, although hopefully they're encouraging to all of us. Uh, Helen, thanks for joining us again today. Uh, I'm just wondering if you are happy to share with us the low point or the worst reaction anyone had to you as you started support raising? Yeah, see, I, I find that difficult. I, I've never really had a bad reaction. I mean, I know some people do, so I, like, I, I get my experience may is not everyone's experience. The worst I've had is people just not talking to me about it again you know I kind of send them now I send them a letter first or a message well letter tell you that tells you when I first did it um (laughs) I now send them an email or a message and I do kind of get ghosted on this topic but that's that's all it is I don't I just haven't really had a bad experience Hmm. You know, I've had ones that haven't been encouraging in the sense of no, they they've just gone silent on the topic, and we just talk about all sorts of other things now. <laughs> but not a bad. That's not, I don't think that's bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, I'm glad it's helpful to hear that experience. Then, um, hopefully, that's encouraging for us. Um, hopefully, also encouraging. We're reflecting today on Psalm 34, which again is not on first read. Obviously, about support raising. But about it is about God's protection and his providence and of praising and praying to him. And um, we'll be considering how those themes intertwine with our thinking about support raising. So let me pray before Helen reads that for us. Lord, thank you that you do hear our prayers, especially when we feel crushed or are poor souls crying to you for help. May we know, may we taste and see your goodness even amidst the things that we find hard. You are the one who knows all that we need. Please provide for us and help us to fear you, seek you, and commit ourselves to doing the good you have placed before us. In the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Psalm 34 of David. When he pretended to be insane before Abimelech, who drove him away and he left. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. 
but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to blot out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones, not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked, the foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servants, no one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Thank you, Helen. But it starts off in such a um, joyful way, praising the Lord at all times um, and inviting people to glorify the Lord with you. I, I think as I read these couple of opening verses, um, I was really reminded of a staff member once who chose the song, It Is Well With My Soul, as her support raising song and just of the goodness of praising God in the context of support raising and how good it is for our hearts to, um, like we were talking about in the last episode, to fix our eyes on the Lord actually uh, drives away a lot of fears. Um, yeah, and I think here, what an encouragement for us to be singing in our support raising times. Mm. Mm. So she had a song, did she? Like that? Or- oh, well, I've had p- different people I've heard of have done different things. One staff member particularly chose the song It Is Well With My Soul. But another staff member actually put, um, put together a, a Spotify playlist of songs that helped her to feel confident and secure in the Lord so that as she sat down to think about calling people or um, doing support raising work, mm. she was doing so from a really strong place mm. of, of praise and of feeling attached connected with God and you just said feeling secure as well and that's the, I mean that's the next kind of stanza isn't it it's praise the Lord and then as soon as we're into verses four to seven it is actually about security mm. uh, I sought yeah. the Lord he answered me he delivered me from my fears um, this poor man called you know he's in need and the Lord heard him and saved him and I just the, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them I don't think that's visible right I, I, I don't I mean, was it Elijah? Elijah and Elisha, I get them mixed up every now and then. Um, you know, that that had this vision of all the angels of the Lord. Oh, it's yes. I, I, I don't, haven't got the right person. Don't know which person it is. But this vision of I the angels of the Lord protecting them. I kind of put it in that camp, right? It's not visible, but that the praise comes from this out of security. Yeah. I think that's right. Mm, mm. And I think such a helpful mental image, even as we think about going to invite people to partner with us to even consider that the angel of the Lord, like to imagine that if you're a more imaginative style person. <laughs> but I think that's the invitation of the psalm here is to invite us to, um, to imagine him encamped mm. around us. Mm. Yeah. I was struck as well just by the fact that um, in verse 4, the seeking of the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears I wonder if we even think of it sometimes as part of our seeking of the Lord to bring support raising fears to him Uh, and that actually yeah part of what it means to seek the Lord is in the middle of those difficult situations to come to him and to say I'm really afraid of the person you know that the person I'm about to ask to partner with me will be angry or offended or just awkward or something um just to think of it as seeking the Lord mm. to turn to him and to ask for help with it. No, I don't think I've mm. thought about it that way. But that is coming, mm. that is seeking the Lord. You're, you're seeking, what are we seeking? Seeking his presence, seeking his help, seeking his comfort. 
which is seeking him. Mm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That's good. I like yeah. that. And that image of um, look to him and be radiant so that your faces shall never be ashamed. I'm reading a slightly different translation to you, Helen. Mm. But um, I think staff often feel like maybe there is something shameful. Uh, when we're listening to the voices of the world or maybe of our family, the people around us or what we assume people are thinking, it's very easy to get caught up in feeling like it's a shameful thing to do support raising. But I think in God's eyes it's not. Jesus uh, it relied on support from others. That It was a very clear pattern in the New Testament. The Levites and the priests relied on the support of the other tribes. I don't think in God's eyes that it is a shameful thing. And I think there is something about looking to him um, and thinking about how he is perceiving what we're doing that actually helps, um, I don't know, it probably does add an extra radiance um, <laughs> To us, and I think people who are feeling confident in the Lord and feeling in that place are much more attractive support raisers. Actually, if you're feeling a joy, a radiance. Yes, it's easier to have a conversation with someone when you're in that place. I think because mm. you're good with God, and that allows you to invite them. I think, or it's more when you are feeling confident in God and joyful in that you can have a conversation that doesn't leave people feeling manipulated or pressured because you don't mm. think you don't actually need them to give money right you're inviting them to give money to participate with you to partner with you um you can argue you know you can articulate why you think that's a great thing uh, you know you can sell it so to speak that this is a great <laughs> way you know, it's a great investment for the money the lord's entrusted to you but ultimately, if they say no, you can be good with that um, and you don't need mm. to try and guess their motives or critique their motives or critique yourself. There's a freedom yeah. just to invite and whatever answer comes out, you trust that to them and God. If they're in good conscience with God, you know, that's good. And if they're not in good conscience with God, then it's probably none of your business at that point. They can sort that out too. So I just, you're right. Yeah, I do think it does take some time, though, to seek the Lord, to bring fears to before him, to make sure that our hearts are centred on him and solid, secure with him before we approach other people. So I think actually thinking of our support raising tasks or time as not just getting into asking but being off kilter and feeling awkward, but actually taking the time to cultivate that, that headspace and heart space, I think actually... Um, is a key time. So even if it's oh, you've blocked out a t an hour to do some support raising, actually even taking five minutes at the start to read a psalm or to pray or to sing a song can be just be so helpful for being in a much better place and making sure that the other 55 minutes of that hour is much more usefully spent. Yeah, it's not just about being activists. <laughs> I go out and do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Well, it's almost how to put this. It's your professional prayer, isn't it? It's, it's the offering your ministry life to the Lord in prayer as a necessary part of what you do, what I do, what we do, not just as a, I do my kind of quiet times and it's all done and dusted. You know, it's that sense of I'm in ministry. You know, the, um, Peter saying his job is to pray and to preach in Acts 6. You know, there, there actually is an aspect, I think, of my prayer life that is, I don't want to say professional prayer, but, it, you know, it's, it's attached to the fact that I'm in ministry means I have particular obligations to pray for people uh, and to pray for partners um, and understanding that as part of my work. Mm. Like, 
it doesn't get left to the side. It's not just for my personal life. I switch on, switch yeah, off. Yeah. This is in ministry. That job gets all rolled in together. So prayer is actually part of the work, if you like. Yes, absolutely. And I think if um, a core part of who we are as an organisation is to be in prayerful dependence upon God, um, and to be shaped by the Bible in what we're doing, not just shaped in the teaching that we're doing, but sh- letting it shape the Bible, shape our mission, message, and methods. Then um, it's really important to for that to be reflected in how we spend the time as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, the psalm then moves on and has this lovely little section about tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Um, yeah. Do you have thoughts about um, that kind of experiential language and support raising? So I just think this rings true. Some, you, you, what was the old <laughs> fashioned term? Step out in faith and discover what the <laughs> Lord will do, right? Sometimes you only discover what the Lord is going to do by actually choosing to trust him to do it. And that can actually feel quite terrifying, I think. Mm. But I think, I wonder whether it's got that taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, When I was uh, originally, you know, when I was kind of support raising for the first time, I remember being really conscious that, I don't know, now I'm really depending on God. You know, that sense of, right, now I'm out here. I'm, I'm, if, if, I, if I can't get up the, the, the partnership base, I, I can't keep doing this. I don't know where the next, you know, where the money comes from because I've blown all my money on Bible college. I've got nothing left. Um, you know, it was now I really depend on God. Um, and I think it was the, because exp- actually I was no more dependent on God then than I was when I was in my normal job, right? Because when you're in a, any job you're in, whether it's ministry or not, you're dependent on God for your health. You're dependent on God for the company not to go to bust. You're dependent on God not to make some huge mistake that's gonna see you turfed out, right? So I was no more dependent on God when I was relying on Christians to fund the ministry, but I felt it. That mm. was the difference, I think. I felt the dependence. And yep. so it was just that taste and see Actually, nothing had changed, but I saw it and I felt it. And it's just, you know, I've been doing this for quite a while now and the money's always come through and I just find that remarkable. Mm. And so I feel like in all areas, we need to tell each other stories like this. I feel like that's what he's doing in the psalm, right? Come and praise the Lord with me because he's done all of these wonderful things for me. Why don't you taste and see that the Lord is good as well? Mm. It's almost got that flow. Um so this, I think we just need to tell stories about this, you know, uh, stories about uh, how the Lord has supported me when it hasn't gone as I would hope. So they're not always, you know, kind of success stories, so to speak, but they're stories of God being there and turning up yeah. when it goes well or when it doesn't. And they're stories of, um, I had $16,000 come through one year when that was the gap in my in my funding for that year. It just turned up, right? It only ever turned up once, um, but it turned up that... The stories that we can be telling each other that encourages other people to take the risk, to Mm. taste and see that the Lord is good. I feel like the more you do it, right, the more stories you then have to talk about. So for me, that's one of the joys of being Christian a long time, right? Um, Some Mm. aspects of ageing are not fantastic as the body goes backwards, (laughs) but one of the fantastic um, aspects of ageing is just more stories to tell of how the Lord has loved and cared for us. So I think I think this is I think it's magnificent. Yeah. And look, do you know that's the experience I think that most of our staff have had on the whole is that as they have 
stepped out, as you said, and trusted, tasted, um, they have grown in their appreciation for God's providence and his goodness to them. And whenever I ask staff in our partnership surveys about how they feel about support raising, the overwhelming emotion each time is thankfulness. Because we as a movement have seen the goodness shown in the generosity of these people. Um, I think it is really interesting here, though, because he moves on from that verse to talk, actually to include almost a, a promise um, that those who fear the Lord will have no want. Unlike those young lions that, uh, mm. that go hungry and want, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And I think um, just interesting to reflect on how do we reconcile that when um, some of us might articulate that in terms of new supporters, we're wanting many good things. <laughs> Yeah, I guess well, it starts from taste and see that the Lord is good, right, doesn't it? So your first, the first port of call is it is the Lord who is good. And so I wonder whether because he is good, he knows what is good for us. And perhaps some of the things we think are good for us aren't. You know, so is there a sense that waiting is good? You know, to actually... I just remember thinking, if the money doesn't come through, is that people's disobedience? Is it I need to learn to trust better? Is it what? How the heck do I do I do I understand that? And maybe it is I need to to learn to trust better. So what I'm I'm tasting and seeing might be trust the Lord. It, it, it remain you know stay obedient and because there's kind of this little obedience issues floating around in here right as well. Keep your tongue from evil, your lips from telling lies. You know in your de- in your desperation right don't don't flip into. Um, ungodly behaviour, which we're all tempted to do. Uh, so I, I wonder whether we need to redefine what good thing is. Now, I say that, I feel like, but even I feel like that's a statement of faith, right? Because you've just got to choose to believe that. Because in the moment, I think it's really hard to, I can believe it, but it's really hard to feel in the moment. Yeah. yeah. And look, I think probably I was heading in the same direction that even in this psalm, there's no promise. Even that those, while those who seek the Lord lack no good thing, it's obvious that the psalm, psalmist is still experiencing evildoers around him, lots of troubles and afflictions and um, all kinds of uh, brokenheartedness and that kind of thing. So the, the felt experience of lacking no good thing is still not just... Um, you know, God instantly provides everything that I need without any effort or anything like that. Mm. Um, and I wondered if the, there is um, an invitation here to keep remembering that we're to be people who seek the Lord and to be praying, receiving this as a strong call to pray mm. and to um, earnestly ask and expect him to provide. But I think like you, I was, I was wondering somewhat cautiously, as I'm conscious that it's really hard to be under-supported and stressed about a lack of partnership, but whether there's a sense in which sometimes the opportunity to grow in dependence and in a willingness to ask is a better good thing than just having all the support provided straight away. <clears throat> and it doesn't always feel like that, but this, that sometimes it's a refining gift of God. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've seen lots of staff actually grow through their need to give themselves more fully to partnership and, uh, or to overcome particular obstacles or think about how they're using their time or just their willingness to be dependent on others mm. so it may be a wrestle in terms of their sinful independence and I, I don't that sounds judgmental but we all we all have it right so I'm, that's not other people that's all of us I think um, mm. that that, particularly that, in des- our culture. that desire to be strong 
rather than weak. Mm. So I want to be the person who gives money, right? I don't want to be the person who needs money. Um, but we have a Lord who became weak, uh, who though he was rich became poor. There is a real sense that we need to work out how to embrace that, I think, not just recognize. It goes beyond recognising it, if you, but to actually embrace it and own it. And that mm. I don't... I mean, I'm pretty stubborn. That doesn't come quickly. <laughs> so if I'm going to yeah. learn that, it's probably not going to be a quick process. Yeah. 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 Um, I think then there's uh, some good encouragement in the psalm to just think about our integrity as we do um, all of our activities, but in this mm. case, support raising, making sure that we um, are being truthful and open mm. and transparent, um, doing, doing good. Um, oh, and they're funny conversations. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm quite candid when I talk with people. Here's how much money I need. Um, you know, here's what happens if you give a hundred a month, or, a, or um, you know, I I go from kind of fifty to, I figure be, some of my friends earn a truckload of cash, right? So I'm going to go up to four five hundred a month, right? Because, let's see. Yep. Um, Why not? Yep. Uh, um, but in being candid, right? You've got to work out: Am I being helpful? Am I being truthful? What type of, it's the question that I always, the, the question that always I feel uncomfortable with is how much do you need, right? So you often get how much do you need? And I think, how do I answer that, right? Because if I'm going to keep doing this for the next 20 years, I need this month, this much a month. If it's how much do I need to get to the end of the year and not be in deficit, that's a little bit of a different kind of question, right? Because mm. I might have a buffer or I might be under supported. And so just, well, the temptation is, is, how do I describe this so that I get the best chance to get as much money as I can from them? You know, you just, I'm conscious the way I talk about the timeframes. Um, yeah. Mm. So I feel the weight yeah. of this, right, when I'm trying to persuade someone. And I, I mean persuade them, not manipulate them, but just, you know, articulate why this is good and why it would be helpful for me and why I think it would be good for them. I, I do think it's a challenge. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. One to keep wrestling with. Um, I think the psalm then finishes on this lovely note of just confidence again, that God mm. is with you in this. The light, eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. He sees and hears people's angst um, in mm. it when he, they're crying for help and when they're in the midst of troubles and particularly that um, language of him being near to the brokenhearted and saving the crushed in spirit. I think sometimes mm. in support raising if particularly if you've had a few people who've said no or pe- particularly significant people who you hoped or you thought would say yes and they've said no, it um, can be really easy to feel downhearted and even crushed. Uh, but in the, even in the midst of that, the Lord is near mm. uh, and he will rescue his people. Mm. And it's, um, it's, the, it's the Lord being near to us, isn't it? It's not us coming to the Lord to find proximity in that one. There is us coming to the Lord in delivering, but this is the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. I think that's him drawing near to us in our fragility. Yeah. Uh, now, I think we are meant to come to him in need. I'm not saying you don't do that, but I'm not quite sure that that's the point this one's making. I actually no. think it's him, you experiencing him near, being near. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's just... It, and it's not, you're right, it's not the simple solution, is it? It's not, and tomorrow the email will come in that says all will be well. That, that's, that's not the promise, right? The promise yeah. is his proximity and his care and his tenderness. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. His eyes and ears and face all 
towards his people. Yeah. Well, let's finish in prayer. Let me lead us in praying. Oh, Lord, we thank you that you are near to us. Uh, when we struggle, when we are crushed or even brokenhearted, we thank you that we can trust that you are good. We pray that we might take refuge in you from our support raising fears and sadnesses and that you'd help us taste and see that you are good. May we keep seeking you in the context of all of our fears and struggles. And would you put your song of praise in our hearts and our minds and our mouths that even in the midst of doing um, a task like support raising that can seem so functional and pragmatic that we might use it as a way to praise you and to do it with with praise in our hearts mm-hmm. and we ask it in jesus name amen amen wonderful well thanks for joining us again and we'll see you next time bye bye